Are you ready to take control of your physical, emotional, spiritual, professional, and financial health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Each week, join Dr. Diane A. Thompson and her guests for tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is a show designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Diane A. Thompson, M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that you may learn something that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I will remind you that the information presented on this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the advice from your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. All right, so we know that the obesity epidemic in this country is staggering. The CDC actually estimates that Obesity costs this country about $150 billion, that's with a B, dollars per year, which is almost 10% of the national medical budget. It also further estimates that about one in three adults and one in six children are obese. Obesity is a major cause of heart disease, cancer, diabetes, and death. Well, on today's show, we hope to shed some light on this problem, and we hope to look at possible solutions. And to help me do this is Robin Robin. Robin is a wife, a mother of three, a registered nurse. She's a certified hip-hop hustle instructor. She's going to have to tell me more about that. And she's also an author. She's battled eating disorders all of her life and at one point was morbidly obese. At age 37, she was facing major health issues and ended up deciding to have gastric bypass surgery. She has since lost half of her body weight. That's from 300 pounds to 150 pounds. And since losing the weight, she became certified as a hip-hop instructor. She has also wrote a book, which is called Half My Size. But even more importantly, she has committed herself to health and fitness and to showing others how to achieve their level of fitness. Robin, welcome to the show. Hello, Dr. Diane. Thank you so much for having me. You know, as I, I told you before the start of the show, that I really find your journey so inspirational. Many people who struggle through this, sometimes they achieve the success and they move on with their life, but you have decided to reach back and help others. So I'm really, really inspired and impressed by that. I wonder if you can share with us some of the background about your eating disorder. I certainly can. I um, I started out as a heavy child. I wasn't extremely overweight, but I was a thunder-sized, chunky kid, um, definitely overweight, uh, but just overweight enough to to be like thunder-sized and chunky, um, which really wasn't that big, big of a deal when I was a kid. 
but as I got into those preteen years and I figured out that thugger size and boys didn't really go well together, I wasn't um, attractive to them. I felt like the other girls were so much prettier and so much thinner, and um, I just didn't feel like I fit in. And what that ha- what happened to me is I, I decided that I was going to get skinny and I was going to be attractive and I was going to be popular and I was going to fit in. And I saw, for me, the way I saw doing that was to get rid of the thunder thighs. And what I decided to do was to start starving myself. And I stopped eating. Um, I did that for pretty much all through junior high and high school. Um, when that became too exhausting, I decided bulimia might be a little easier because then I could eat, although then I would purge and get rid of all of it. Um, so I did that for a number of years. Um, so, you know, I went from a heavy child to an anorexic and a bulimic. Um, during that process, I lost um, so many teeth I had to have extracted because of all the acidity um, of throwing up for so many years. Um, I think I had 14 root canals as a result of doing that to my body for so long. Um, and then, you know, I, I got married, got pregnant, and I decided that I was going to eat. And I was really, really hungry. Um, and I did. I just ate and ate and ate. And before I knew it, I was 300 pounds. Um, and then I was stuck, very stuck. Wow, wow. What uh, what a journey. I mean, if you think about it, many times we do talk about obesity. We don't really consider the self-esteem issues that come along with that. So it, it is interesting that in, in your journey with eating disorders that you mentioned, uh, this occurred in the struggle. Now, what was the turning point for you when you knew you had to make a change? I mean, you're 300 pounds. There are lots of people out there walking with excess weight, and they haven't decided to make a change. What was it for you? It, what happened for me is um, not once but twice I was uh, sent to the emergency room with a pulse over 200. The first time it was 201, the second time it was 206. And, you know, I wasn't physically on either one of those occasions. I was just talking, um, doing nothing out of the ordinary. And all of this, like a jackhammer trying to come through my chest, barely could catch my breath. And when I felt that, it really scared me. But here's the, the crazy part is it didn't happen once. Four months later, it happened again, and and for whatever reason, you know, I didn't want to look at it the first time. I just thought, okay, that was a fluke. That that's okay. It, it'll move past, and you know, hopefully that'll never happen again. When it happened the second time, it really, really got my attention. Scared scared me to death, and um, I I knew at that moment I had to do something. Something had to change. And was there a conversation that went on in your head? Because, I, again, I see so many patients, so many people, uh, they, things happen and they know they have to make a change, whether it's with their weight, whether it's exercise or finances or relationship, they know something happened and it has to, they have to make a change, but uh, they don't follow through. So what is it that took you to that next level? It's uh, very interesting you ask that. I, my conversation with myself happened during that second visit to the emergency room. I was in, in the ER room. I was laying there. Um, they had started an IV. I was hooked up to the monitors. You know, all this was going on. And right there in that moment, I looked around at all of these people and all these machines and all this stuff, 
you know, and I'm a nurse, so I, I, it wasn't, you know, that overwhelming in that regard. But when it's you laying there and you're in that situation, it really, it really is, is pretty, um, it's just surreal, that whole feeling. And the thing about it is the conversation for me was I knew I had gotten myself there. The reason I was laying there was because I was overweight. In my mind, I knew that to be true. Um, and I thought about my mom. Um, my mom has been diabetic for most of her life um, as an adult. She's, she's overweight. She had been overweight her most of her life, didn't exercise, didn't take care of herself. And what I saw laying there when I was 37 years old, laying on that table, I thought, you are going that direction. You are headed exactly where your mom went. And that it just, my eyes popped open, and I thought, no, I am not. That is not going to happen. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I knew something was going to happen, and I was going to make a change. Wow. And, you know, I as a part of your journey, uh, one of the one of the things you used to help you with obesity was uh, bariatric surgery. You know, I have to play devil's advocate. There are going to be listeners who will say, well, that was the easy way. Do you think bariatric surgery uh, was a quick quick fix for you? You know, I love that question, actually, because I, get, I hear that quite often. You know, you're che- I, I've been called a cheater to my face, actually. You're a cheater. You took the easy way out. And what I why I like that question so much is because it gives me the opportunity to express how hard this whole process has been, um, both as a bariatric patient and as a nurse who's taken care of bariatric patients. I see all sides. I see the good. I see the bad. Um, I see the compliant and the non-compliant. And what you're really dealing with here is anyone can, can have a surgery or go on a diet or, you know, start some regimen it's maintaining that regimen is is really where the difficulty lies. And whatever you do to change and to, to lose your weight, let's say, for instance, if we're just focusing on weight, can you maintain that long term? And so um, I chose bariatric surgery for me, and I will say this, it, it's not a first option. I truly don't believe it's your first line of defense for obesity. I had spent a good plus years up and down the whole yo-yo cycle um, and and like I had said I was anorexic and bulimic and truthfully my body knew what to do if I ate or didn't eat I think my metabolism was well past uh, gone at that point and and I was really really stuck so after having those emergent visits to the ER with that heart rate over 200 um, I, I finally went and talked to my doctor and I said I don't know what to do and and uh, that's what led me towards bariatric surgery, um, and and definitely not a quick fix. Um, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And than any diet, uh, any exercise plan, just it's it's been extremely eye-opening for me. And I'm I'm glad you explained that because that's definitely something that I've uh, I've heard those sentiments echoed by others when they hear of someone who's gone through bariatric surgery that perhaps they took the easy way out. And and you're correct in that there are many people out there, including celebrities that we know of, who have gone through this surgery and have not been able to maintain, uh, you know, the weight, uh, keep the weight off. So uh, it's certainly not just about doing the surgery, but it's also what happens 
after. And we're actually going to, this is a great time to take a short break for our sponsors because when we do come back, you can talk to us about some of the tips and strategies that you've found to be very helpful to keep you healthy and strong. So we're going to take a brief break for our sponsors. You're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane, MD, sponsored by FMG Radio. Please visit Dr. Diane and browse her past shows and guest bios at fmgradio.com forward slash Dr. Diane MD. That's D-R-D-I-A-N-E-M-D. Okay, welcome back. If you are just joining us, my guest today is Robin Robin, and uh, we are talking about uh, her inspirational journey going from having various eating disorders to being morbidly obese. Uh, she underwent gastric bypass, and she lost 150 pounds. She went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds, and she wrote the book Half My Size. And what I want to talk to you uh, about, Roban, is uh, this book that you wrote, Half My Size. What did you hope to accomplish by writing this book? Well, I... Um I was, you know, being, as I kept running into people who had seen me at 300 pounds and then, you know, they saw me and they said, oh, my goodness, what have you done? How in the world? I mean, they just were floored, and that was happening a lot. Um, And, uh, you know, then I would get reactions of positive reactions. I would get reactions of negativity because, you know, bariatric surgery was perceived um, by some folks that I ran into as a quick fix and an easy way out, as we had discussed. And um, so I wrote the book for two reasons. I wrote it because I wanted to I wanted to speak to that that audience that thinks, you know, um, bariatric surgery is is a quick fix. It's so easy. It's not it's not a really, you know, um, a viable way of losing weight. It doesn't really it's not really hard. Um, and I also wanted to talk to the folks that were either thinking about having bariatric surgery or who had who have had it and are struggling. Um, because after being in those shoes I wanted to say, you know, it's definitely not an easy way out. In fact, if it were so easy, no one would ever regain their weight after that surgery, um, which is definitely, unfortunately, not the case. And for the folks that were thinking about the surgery, I wanted to tell them there are so many requirements and so many things that you have to follow to be successful that if you're truly considering bariatric surgery as an option, you you must be, you have to be ready for these things and you know um, exercise being one of the huge changes in my life um, you know that's not an option it has to be done it's not optional and I I had a chance to look at this book and and a lot of great information in fact uh, we will have a follow up show where Robin will talk more in detail about bariatric surgeries and what what her journey through that is like and you know we'll share a lot more information but for now you you talk about um, exercising and, and different things and keeping that old behavior at bay and changing your behavior so that you'll maintain the weight loss so how do you deal with changing old behavior and I ask this question especially in the case where you've had bariatric surgery, so you did not, as perceived by many, perhaps you did not have 
you know, years of years of losing the weight, losing the weight, and then you these these um, new habits become embedded. So you're someone who have a surgery and you've lost the weight. How do you deal with changing the old behaviors? Well, you know, in my case, um, I do a couple things. Um, I have two pictures usually by me at all times. One's a before picture and one's an after picture. And I look at those two pictures side by side and I, I know what it takes to be 300 pounds and I know what it takes to be 150 pounds. And I ask myself a question, especially because it's usually related to food or to physical activity. I'll say, you know, I'll talk to myself and I'll say, Rob Ann, what would, what would 300 pound Rob Ann do in this situation? And I'll get my answer, and then I go exactly the opposite direction. So if I don't want to go to the gym, and I say, well, you know, what would 300-pound Robin do? She would stay home, sit on the couch, and do nothing. So what do I do? I get up, and I go, and I get my workout on. Um, so I just do exactly the opposite of what the old me would have done prior to bariatric surgery. And I believe that is truly why I've been able to be successful now. I don't always feel like doing it, but that that is the choice I consciously make. Regardless of how I feel about it, I do the opposite of what I used to do. And that's interesting that you say that. You know, I wonder, I want to go back a little bit to the old Robin, <laughs> and I wonder <laughs> when you were gaining that weight, because that 300 pounds didn't come on overnight, right? And, right. and we see people out there that are 300 pounds, then many of us will wonder, how did you let it get to that? You know, like, yeah, you see someone who's 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight, and you say, okay, I can understand that. But you're thinking, how did, what was the thinking of old Ravan? why you allowed yourself to get to that level, especially right. someone in the medical field? Right, right. Um, well, during that, that weight gaining process, I was, you know, I was happily married, still am, but um, we were starting to have our family. I had had a baby. I had gained a ton of weight. I used that first pregnancy as a hall pass to just eat, eat, eat. Lost a little bit of weight after the baby was born, um, but definitely not nearly. I think I had gained 80 pounds of that pregnancy and maybe lost 45 of that. So, so that was kind of the beginning. I had kind of started stacking this weight on after each pregnancy, gain a bunch of weight, lose a little bit of it, and then keep you know, having babies. And that was my experience. I know plenty of women who are able to just, you know, have a healthy pregnancy and not do all of that. But um, in my case, I think I, I had starved myself and been so unhealthy with food for so long, I just found this comfort in being able to eat. Um, you know, and also I had a lot of emotional issues that were wrapped into that. And I will definitely say I used food to soothe and cope and get through life. I really, really did. Um you know, at the end of the day, you know, a pint of ice cream just made everything better, I, I you know, if that makes any sense at all. Um, and, you know, so it, it happened over a period of years, that's for sure. But it, it did seem like one day I woke up and I realized that I was 300 pounds. And uh, at that point, how, what do you do then? You know, losing 20 pounds can be difficult. And I thought, how in the world am I going to ever lose 100, let alone you know, 150 pounds. I mean, I just thought, forget it. I gave up. That there's, there's no way that's even going to happen. And I agree. I have so much respect for someone who will say, you know, they dropped 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 
because sometimes I'm trying to lose five, <laughs> and that is a challenge. <laughs> so uh, <no>. it, is a, <laughs> it is certainly not an easy thing. So, you know, uh, hats off to to folks who have really lost the weight and kept it off. And one of the things you mentioned earlier is the importance of exercise. You wouldn't go without it now. Uh, tell us how important is that to you maintaining this, the size that you are and the fitness. It's not even just the size, but the level of fitness that you've now achieved. Uh, you know, it started out as, okay, I'm going to lose weight and this is great. Um, you know, I started just focusing on the weight loss and then, you know, I had talked to my surgeon prior to sur- bariatric surgery and, you know, she made me commit, you will walk a half hour a day every day after your surgery. And um, and I said, okay, yeah, I can, I can do that. Uh, and so I, I started making those little steps and those little steps and it, to be honest with you there was a point where about a month after surgery I had lost 30 pounds and I thought I don't need to work out are you kidding me I do not need to exercise this weight is coming off I don't I don't think I really need to do that I mean seriously that was my thinking um, and then I had this epiphany one day that uh, if I had the surgery and committed to doing all this and I wasn't willing to actually make the lifestyle change, then why in the world would I have done this? Why would I have gone through with the surgery? So that exercise component, I didn't embrace it, you know, wholeheartedly at first. Um, and then I, I really realized how absolutely vital it is. And that half hour a day of walking, it took me a, a 30 minutes to walk a mile, Dr. Diane. I kid you not, which is a, fine. That's a great starting place. That's where I was. Um, you know, and, you know, I'm not certainly not going to give any, um, you know, I'm not going to give Usain Bolt a run for his money, but if I needed to run a seven-minute mile, I could do that today. And, um, and and that's the crazy part. What started out as just uh, let's get some weight off and get healthy turned into this complete transformation into fitness. And it, it's actually blowing my mind still to this day that, that you can be as out of shape, barely able to walk up the stairs in your house like I was, to someone who is is extremely fit and active and, um, you know, can outrun pretty much anybody I know. And I, I really think that's a great takeaway for our listeners is that you can start where you are. I mean, no one is saying you need to be able to do what Robin can do now, but certainly <laughs> start where you are, start slowly, and you can build up and, and get to whatever level it is that you feel is important to you. Uh, one of the interesting things is that uh, you, <laughs> your choice of exercise right now is the hip hop dancing. And I have to, I, I've seen you, I've seen you in action, and I say, you know, this is a middle aged white woman. <laughs> you know, hip hop did not come to mind when I saw you, but you're actually. Good at it, and I wonder uh, how the heck did you get involved with that? <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, you, I, I cracked me up too because you couldn't have told me that underneath that 300-pound exterior was a middle-aged white woman ready to rock some hip hop. And um, you know, here's what I what I challenged myself to do when when my surgeon said you got to walk, you got to exercise. I thought, well, you know, I got to exercise. So what am I going to do? And I kind of was like, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. And then I said to myself, how do you know what you can do? You haven't exercised in a decade, sister. So 
go check some things out and see what 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 you know what you what you want to do. Um, and I kind of accidentally walked into a hip hop dance class, and I thought the music is awesome. These girls are moving. This looks really fun. And I I, I stayed, and I kind of never left since that happened. Um, and you know, got certified to teach hip hop uh, about a year and a half ago. I've been teaching it ever since. And it is an absolute blast. And one of the feelings I have about exercise is it doesn't have to be horrible. I want to go. Every time there's a hip-hop dance class, whether I'm teaching it or, or taking it, I want to be there. And for me, that is so key. I mean, how many times have we all hauled off on some exercise program and we dread it and we don't want to do it and, oh, I'm never going back and that sort of thing. I really, really wanted to find something that I enjoyed doing and it was Almost, it's almost like I don't even feel like I'm, you know, exercising like that. I feel like I'm exercising, but I'm not looking at the clock and hoping it's over. I want the class to be longer, and that's that's the miracle for me. And so, hip hop dance, I, I, you never never know what you're going to like until you try a few things. And even though I, you know, I'm completely loving the hip hop, I still I still try at least every other month to step out of my comfort zone and go take something I've never tried. And uh, and that's how I kind of keep it fresh, keep it real, and I, I and totally enjoy the hip-hop. That's not going anywhere. I'm going to be 100 in hip-hopping, I'll tell you right now. Um, but it's it's just been an eye-opening experience. So anyone who, you know, ah, I don't think I can do that, you don't know. Go try it. Excellent. I mean, I think you touched on uh, something that's key right there is, A, step out of your comfort zone. But also, if you find something that you actually enjoy doing, I know uh, someone, for example, that has taken up dancing. She's in her 50s, and she's taken up dancing, and that is what she's used to kept, uh, to keep her healthy and fit. And, and this is because she really likes the dancing, you know. So find something that, that you actually enjoy, and you won't know if you enjoy Enjoy it unless you step out of your comfort zone. Now, you recently attended the Obesity Action Coalition and Obesity um, Help National Conferences. Talk to us a little bit about that. What What is the whole idea? How are you involved in that? And what's next for you? Well, uh, I had approached the Obesity Action Coalition and Obesity Help uh, about my story, and I had let them know that you know, they both kind of talk to their resources and education and support for those that are struggling with obesity, whether or not you've had a bariatric procedure or not. Um, you know, they're they're there to support that community to help um, to help folks that are somewhere along that path. Um, so I approached them with my story, and I also mentioned that I you know teach hip hop dance. If they had a you know an exercise agenda that they were putting together, and it just so happened that both of them were putting together their exercise program, and we're looking for something a little different. And, uh, and that's kind of how it w- w- became a good fit. So I went, to, um, I went to Phoenix, Arizona in August for the Obesity Action Coalition Conference, and I taught hip-hop dance there for two different classes. It was an amazing experience, really great time. Um, then I got to do uh, basically the same thing in California um, just last month, and I was able to teach hip hop at the Obesity Help Conference, um, and it was it was phenomenal. And the cool thing about it is, I was able to not only teach the class, but 
like you had said earlier, start where you are. So if this is a new experience for you and your knees are bad and you need to modify the exercise so that you can do it, that's what we did. We modified it for the beginner, the intermediate, the advanced. And, you know, anyone in the room was able to participate, you know, at their level. And that's that's one of the really cool things about about uh, those conferences. I was able to do that. What's coming up next for me, I've got a few things that I'm working on, getting my my stuff set up for uh, this coming year. I'm super excited. Um, one of the big things I'll be doing is I am currently working on organizing a walk from obesity uh, for Indianapolis, which is the area that I'm, I live in. Um, Indianapolis, well, Indiana as a state in general, uh, we have a pretty high obesity rate. Um, we're working on, on turning that around. And one of the things I'm helping to organize is a national walk from obesity uh, for, for our state. Um, I'm partnering with some some organizations, um, currently getting sponsorship and kind of getting all that stuff together because it's it's a completely volunteer um, you know an endeavor and so it's going to be a big one. We don't have a date yet, but it will be in 2014, probably towards the springtime. And I'll be looking forward to updating you on that when when we have all that set. Uh, additionally, I'll be going over to some other conferences. Uh, the OBC Action folks will be doing their next conference in um, Orlando, Florida. Cool. Um, and that'll be next September. So we've got a little ways on that, but hoping to, to be a part of their conference as well as Obesity Helps next conference. Um, and then finally, I'll be doing some, a lot of work with the, the YMCA, both here in Indianapolis, but also on a national scale. Uh, with YUSA, I will be partaking in some activities for them that um, promote wellness and fitness and um, giving back and volunteering and, and helping, especially children. That's kind of where my focus is really going. I want to motivate children to exercise and get active now. So I hope that they never have to get to a point where I was where you know gastric bypass surgery is an option. I hope that they can find their healthy patterns early in life and uh, and you know stay fit and healthy from the get go. So that's kind of a lot, but that's that's kind of what's what's brewing for me, and I'm really excited about this year. It's going to be awesome. That's great. And we're in the last couple of minutes of the show. I love to leave our listeners with a tip, something tangible they can work with. So for someone who's struggling with obesity, who's really finding this process daunting, uh, what would you, you've been through it, you're, you're still on your journey every day, uh, what's the first thing that you would recommend that this person do in order to finally get on the right track of losing weight? Well, you had asked me earlier in the interview about that conversation that I had with myself. And the best thing anyone can do for themselves is have that honest conversation. And if you were like I was and you're morbidly obese and you need a way out and you don't have that, you need to honestly ask yourself a question. If, if you're willing to keep going the way you're going and get those results, then keep going. But if you're not happy and you want to make a change, then you have to change. You have to do something different than what you're currently doing. That started for me with that honest conversation. It was I was aided by the fact that it was... Um, a stressful situation uh, and emergent, but I I really think you have to get honest with yourself. And then once you you know your answer, you want to lose weight. Now you need to take it to a professional. You need to go to your doctor and you need to put it all on the table. There's no more sugarcoating it. There's no more sitting around saying, "Okay, thanks, doc." No, you need to go to their office and you need to cry and you need to tell them, "I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. What should I do?" And just be vulnerable. It's okay. Take that risk. That's exactly what I did. 
that's what got me on the path that I'm on. And so it starts with honesty. I like that. So be honest with yourself, have that conversation, and go get some help. So thank you so much, Robin, for being on the show. How can our listeners get a hold of you and also get a hold of your book? Oh, awesome. Um, well, thank you for having me, Dr. Diane. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, I do have a website. It's getyourstrongon.net. And um, I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and one of the best things listeners can do is go to YouTube and pull up my, the video that I made. It's called My Road to Strong. And if you can pull up that video, My Road to Strong, you'll see a picture of a before and after lady. That's me. Click on that, and uh, you will you will see my story in a nutshell. Um, it does mention my book, which is available on Amazon. It's called Half My Size. You can get it there, and you can also get it on my website. Um, but that video, I made it. I want to share it with anyone who needs a shred of hope and who wants to make a change. That video, that video will inspire you that you can make a change. Yeah, I, I saw the video, and it is inspirational, and I do recommend people check it out. They will not believe that the before and after is the same person. And maybe <laughs> it's really not the same person, right? Because <laughs> you have to become someone different to, to do what you've done. So this is wonderful. Congratulations so much. Uh, and for our listeners, again, remember the book is called Half My Size. I'll make sure that the link is also on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. And I will leave you guys with this quote of the week. It's a quote by Benjamin Franklin, and it says, When the well is dry, we know the worth of the water. And it basically suggests what I say to you each week, which is your health is your wealth. And many times we don't know the value of it until we've lost it. So your job is to do something healthy this week. Maybe this is the week you need to have that conversation with yourself and be honest with yourself and seek some help, as Robin suggested. Until I see you guys next week, please take care of yourself. And Robin, thank you again for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Dr. Diane. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane, MD. For show replays and full guest bios, please be sure to visit fmgradio.com forward slash Dr. Diane, MD. That's D-R-D-I-A-N-E, MD.